Welcome to the Mike and Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. I'm Mike here with Micah. We have a very special Redskins episode today for all of our Redskins fans out there. There have been a lot of reports. There have been a lot of free agency signings since the last time we had one of these podcasts. So we just wanted to come back and break down what exactly is going on with uh, the skins right now. So, Michael, before we start, I want to get your an idea of how you feel the Redskins have done so far in free agency. You know, I don't necessarily think the Redskins have done a bad job. Of course, the big signing was getting landed. Um, you know, that's a that's kind of signing for that. just it, re, it can re-energize a, a whole team, really a whole city. You know, a dominant defensive player, it's something you can't – you know, it's something that's very valued, and it's really can really hold – like be a glue for a lot of great teams. But other moves, I mean, there's been a lot of weird stuff coming out of Redskins Park, uh, stuff like Jay Gruden doesn't get first dibs on the calls and stuff like that. Like he doesn't know anything that happens on the executive side. Apparently there's some basis to that. I don't know. As far as free agency keeps going um, – I like, I guess I like uh, bringing Rogers Cromartie out. That's nice. I mean, he came for this last year, didn't necessarily seem to like it, but I guess it was maybe the Giants fucking him just wanting to stop playing for a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I'm not mad at what they're doing in free agency, honestly. I could just say that like they're making the right piece. I feel like they're making the right moves. Um, they're still bringing guys in. They who we get? Uh, uh, I think. Well, I think we're. Eric. Talking to Eric, yeah, Eric. Yeah, Flowers. we got we signed uh, Eric Flowers, the former tackle from former first round tackle from the Giants. That I don't see player, him starting, but I think he's going to be a backup role to just replace yeah. uh, Ty uh, uh, Ty Nakasi that left the Redskins this offseason. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too mad about that, especially if he is in that backup role. I mean, we saw, you know, we kind of see the tape and everything, and <clears throat> all the stuff that happened uh, with him being a Giants tackle and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not too mad about what's happening in free agency. I think we're on a decent path on the way to the draft, and really it's about what we're going to do on draft day. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, I'm not as high on what we've done in free agency. I think that right now I'd probably give our free agency a C. Like, we haven't gotten much better, but we also haven't gotten worse in any real sense. Uh, we did lose Preston Smith and Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder, good receiver when he was able to be on the field, and we know he had problems staying on the field there with his ankle. Preston Smith had a very disappointing season last season, so I was happy to see him go. Did not want to pay him that money. Landon Collins is huge. We talked about it on a previous podcast. Everybody was saying that contract is a lot, but on this year's cap, the contract is only worth $3.5 million, $4 on uh, the Redskins cap this year. So that seems like a rather great deal. Most of the money's in uh, the signing bonus there. With Dominique Rogers cromartie he was on the Raiders last season. I don't really know where his head was at. Um... Would I like to see him start? Probably not. Is he going to start? Probably. I'd love to see us get maybe another safety or another – because they said they may play him at safety. Uh, so I'd love to see us get another safety in free agency, maybe somebody that's not as highly touted, but I think I'll be fine with that. Um, we talked about the Eric Flowers deal. Eric Flowers, it's a, it's a backup deal. It's a, not really that much money on the books. He's going to be there. We've seen the Redskins have injury problems. There's a, they said there's a potential that they move him to left guard. And uh, for Eric Flowers, his problem was really pass blocking against really fast defensive ends. So if we slide him inside, if he has a strength to go against top D tackles, then that may be a way to remedy uh, the whole situation there. So I think the Redskins' free agency so far is it's a, it's a C to me. I, they haven't really done anything yet to be like, oh, put me over the edge. Oh, yeah, we also got – uh, Case Keenum as our quarterback. Um, 
AP. We'll talk, uh, uh, yeah, we signed AP. Oh, we signed AP, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is actually a big, big – that's a big move, actually. I, it I is, actually. I'll, I'll, that's I'll why I gave it a B minus. I'll give it a B minus. I'll, I'll bump out to a C plus there. Yeah, I forgot about AP. So getting him back to help guys along the way and that transition there would be huge. But I think overall it's been a pretty decent um, – a pretty decent uh, free agency so far for the Redskins. Mike, I want to get to another aspect of what we think is going to happen. So, uh, reports have come out. I know if you're listening to this, Redskins Twitter has seen the reports that Red, uh, from J.P. Finley saying that Redskins are in the process of trying to get a big splash free uh, – not free agent wide receiver, but just wide receiver in general. We know they were in conversations for Antonio Brown. Uh, Trayvon Diggs posted on Instagram, Stephon Diggs, um, and saying bring him back home in Redskins, in a Redskins uniforms. Then Stefan Diggs for the past couple of days had been posting uh, just weird emojis here and there. So didn't really know what was going on there. There's also been talks about AJ Green because of the um, AJ Green, Jay Gruden connection that they had uh, when he was the offensive coordinator. So Michael, what do you think that the Redskins are going to do wide receiver wise? Do you think it's going to be built through the draft or do you think there's going to be a splash move uh, this offseason? I definitely think they might go the build through the draft route. Um, there's a lot of players that already got signed. Some of the bigger wide receivers, uh, off the bat, I think Tyrell Williams, Golden Tate. Um, if you even want to say a guy like Cole Beasley, if you want to replace Jameson Crowder, just on that front. Randall you know, Cobb all, too. Yeah, Randall Cobb. These are all guys that are getting signed. Randall Cobb just got signed by uh, excuse me, the Cowboys, which is a, a big move for them getting to uh, Amari Cooper and Randall, uh, Randall Cobb. Excuse me, but not going to talk too much about the Cowboys. Um, I definitely think that at this point, if you're going to – even Andre Roberts got signed somewhere else just to throw a Redskins former uh, player out there. But I think building through the draft is probably the best route to go. Um, there's some decent mid-round receivers that could possibly step up to the bat. Um, I don't know if we use our first pick on them, and I don't even know if we use our second-round pick on him. Maybe a third. You know, we do have two – I believe it was two-thirds and two-fifths. Yeah. Yeah, two thirds and two fifths. Um, maybe one of those second thirds gets a decent wide receiver for the left. Um, maybe a uh, white side from Stanford. You know, somebody that is a little bit taller that presents more of a red zone threat, uh, higher catch radius. Josh Doxson just didn't do it. I mean, he could be a good two receiver, maybe a three receiver at times. But if guys don't really step up on the team, which is starting to look like, and we don't necessarily build in the draft, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do receiver wise. Uh, Trey Quinn's obviously going to step up. Um, there's been some rumblings that Cam Sims, a uh, practice squad guy, is going to step up. I don't really necessarily see that unless he just explodes in the preseason. But really, the only guys that's really left in free agency, if I can just think. Like, I, honestly, I can't even think of a, a guy still necessarily out there unless you bring a guy like, I mean, Des Bryant or something like that, which is crazy to think about. But I'm just throwing a name out there. I don't know if they make that big splash. So it's either build through draft or just build with the talent they have in house. So are you saying that you, you don't think you you don't see them doing anything uh, trying to get a big name receiver in free agency now through uh, via trade? Um, via trade is different. I was just thinking the free agency side. Obviously, names come off of that. AJ Green would probably be my number one if we could possibly do something. Um, that would probably require trading the second a third this year and something else. I don't know if they would necessarily go for our first round, but they might go for our first round. You never know. Uh, probably a good role player on the team. Maybe if a team need, or maybe the uh, Bengals need some depth somewhere else, they might take one of our players. But I would say A.J. Green would be my guy if you want to do, uh, do it through the trade route. 
Okay, uh, question. Do you think that the – would you trade Adrian Green for a first-rounder? He's just, on the last year of his deal. Yeah, he – nah, honestly, I probably wouldn't. you probably wait it out. And that's one of the things I was thinking too. Like, wrestling's getting to the scenario where they go big and try to get a guy. And they try to get – I don't really – maybe – okay, let's say they go try to get Stephon Diggs. The trade, they probably wouldn't get a first round for Stefan Diggs. A second, a third, maybe something in the next year, maybe like another third or fourth or compensatory or something like that. Maybe that's a better situation than the AJ Green situation, but out of those two guys, I don't necessarily see anybody else that they could possibly go after. Or at least I don't see them realistically going after unless it's through the draft. Yeah, and that's where, I think that's where I'm coming from with this too. I don't see them uh, getting anybody – uh, on a team right now and trading them. I don't think that they have enough of a team to go ahead and get a number one receiver just due to the fact that they don't have they don't have the means right now to even be competitive enough to win a Super Bowl to go get an AJ Green or Stephon Diggs type of player. If you're the Patriots or your team that has a 28th, 29th pick, that that first round pick is basically an early second round pick and you're not really feeling that because your team's already pretty stacked. But for the Redskins at 15 to trade for AJ Green or Stephon Diggs. I don't think that it's worthy or reasonable. Uh, I don't think it's worthy or reasonable at all for the Redskins. I don't see them uh, making a big splash really for another wide receiver. I see them trying to build through the draft with uh, tight ends and late round wide receivers. We saw seventh round pick Trey Quinn, whenever he was healthy, he, he got hurt a couple of times this season. He was able to produce for the Redskins. And I think with their wide receiver, uh, position there. I think they could probably go and draft more people to build up there because last year we did side Paul Richardson and he got he had a shoulder injury he was um, playing with since training camp and he was still able to put up numbers before he had to uh, get season ending surgery. So I do believe that the wide receiver core isn't as bad as uh, as it's been before. So I think that's going to be uh, all right for the Redskins there wide receiver wise. But moving on from uh, that, I want to go specifically into the draft. Where do you see the what do you see the Redskins doing with that 15th pick? There are a couple of options that I want to lay out here. There have been reports that the Redskins are to trade up to the Jets for the number three pick to get Dwayne Haskins, uh, stay at that number 15 and pick up the tight end from um, TJ from Iowa. And there's also that they stay at 15 and pick the best QB available. So there are other options that you can also say, uh, Micah, but from out of those options, what do you think the Redskins are going to do? And if you were the Redskins, what would you do? So what I think the Redskins are going to do, because there's been a lot of rumblings that they're looking for, not necessarily looking for a guy to trade up for, but there's still something missing at the quarterback position. that Maybe Case Keenum isn't necessarily the guy they're looking for, even next year in some cases. Because, uh, you know, it's obviously, I don't think Alex Smith is going to end up playing football again. So it's really that we got to make something happen now kind of, Energy I, I see from, <clears throat> excuse me, the front office, but I don't necessarily know if they're going to trade up at three if the Giants don't take Haskins at six, which was a big thing. I mean, I, I believe it was, yeah, it was six. If the Giants don't take Haskins at six, which is some, which is what some mock, uh, mock drafts are saying now, then I don't, I think, honestly, Haskins falls. Now, obviously, it's a little, it's a little crazy of me to even think that he would fall because he is the second best quarterback, or even some people, some of the best or the best quarterback in the draft. Um, 
I see Kyle again taking that one by the Cardinals. The next team I see that really has a quarterback need would be oh, excuse me, the Broncos. The Broncos are definitely not getting at Haskins. I think they're going to go with Drew Locke. That's been Elway's guy. If Haskins, I mean, in that scenario, I'd see him fall into the skins possibly at 15. So I would like that route. I would go with the Case Keenum route. I wouldn't trade up, you, you know, waste the draft pick, really, to get the quarterback. It's not necessarily wasting the draft pick, but you can fill that draft pick with another useful piece. I, I just don't see trading up as a viable option. I think it's more, more or less we get the bad side of that, really. Yeah, I, I agree there. Uh, I would hate for the Redskins to trade up to number three. It would be a RG3 situation all over again. Not saying Dwayne Haskins is RG3 by any means, but strap taking be, the ability to lose your future because you think you have a quarterback that's going to be your franchise QB. And it might Dwayne Haskins might be that franchise QB, but it's not certain. And we saw what he did to the Redskins for a couple of years after RG3. We're just now starting to get our picks back. And with those picks, we've done great in the first round with getting Deron Payne, with getting Jonathan Allen. We've been able to do great things with our pick. Darius guys before he got hurt. So I think if we keep continuing our uh, – if we keep building our team year by year, we're eventually going to have a pretty good team there. We have Brandon Sheriff that we got, Sheriff that we got uh, in the first round there also. So stay at 15, take the best available player, whether that's a DN, whether that's a tight end, no matter what position it is, go ahead. Stick with Case Keenum one more route. If you guys suck this year, that's fine because next year's draft has – Better QBs than I believe this year in Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert, and Tua Tagovailoa. So you have three QBs there that are potential franchise game changers. So why risk your future where you can get another good pick if you guys suck? Oh, well. If you guys are good, that's that's great for everybody in that organization. And you can move on with Case Keenum or try to draft a late quarterback and try to develop him. So I, I just don't see the point of going, going up to number three and trying to get a quarterback that – you aren't really sure about uh, at this present moment. But I want to move on from uh, that situation and talk about Landon Collins a little bit more. With Landon Collins, do you see that the Redskins could potentially now, after what we've seen from the Giants, could the Redskins potentially even try to make the playoffs next year? Do you think that there's any possible way? Because I know the last podcast we said maybe uh, 6-10, and 7-9, maybe 8-8, and eight. but do you think that there's any chance that the Redskins can make the playoffs with getting such a player on defense that could change your whole defensive mindset? I definitely think Landon Collins makes them competitive next season. Um, I definitely think that his best traits are going to be shown next season. He probably has a, a Pro Bowl year. Um, I don't know if that bolsters the rest of his team enough to – well, really rallies his team enough to make a playoff push. I still see them at the 8-8, the eight and 7-9. Eight, Nine and seven is probably a, a decent year. Probably gets Gruden another year. Um, you know, I don't see enough from the rest of this roster. Yes, I mean we were competitive, very competitive throughout half the season last year, but I don't, I don't necessarily see. Excuse me, necessarily see a playoff team. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad. I really think they're going to be a competitive and been a competitive as they did in the last three years, where they've teetered from the eight and eight to seven and nine, that kind of area. Um. I just think that the other teams in the division, they're going to end up winning some of these division games against us. And, you know, we might split with three teams. We might split with all these teams. That's, I mean, we can't really make the playoffs doing that. You feel me? So I just don't see a playoff year. It doesn't necessarily mean a bad year, but 
a good year where we see good things from good players. Uh, a lot of good improvements, guys stepping up, showing that they can make another playoff push maybe in the next two years. Yeah, and that I agree there. I was a lot more bullish on the Redskins in the last podcast, but I think I'm at a point now where I could see – I'm close to saying that eight, 7 and 9 is probably – 7 and 9, 8 and 8 is probably where the Redskins will be again. Picking at the 15th spot, so – if that means that for some people that, oh, why not go ahead and get your QB now since you're probably not going to be able to get a QB next year. I don't know. I think we could probably find somebody in free agency or just keep working that situation out. Or if we think we're close next year, then we could trade uh, we could trade that pick next year for our potential starting QB. But I don't think the Redskins are at a place yet where they can say that they're truly um, they're truly at uh, – they're truly at a place where they want to make a playoff push or try to be in the Super Bowl by, by any means there. With the Redskins, there are a lot of issues with uh, – you talked about it earlier, Michael, with Jay Gruden and uh, the front office. The report came out that Jay Gruden is not in any of the meetings when it comes to getting players. He found out about Landon Collins online. Um, and, but they said for QBs that he is. He was in the conversations with Case Keenum. So do you think by the front office basically pushing him out of a lot of this free agency talk that he's now basically a lame duck and is going to be gone either way next year, no matter what the decision is, because they're already not putting him in positions to make uh, to make meaningful decisions for the team in the future? Yeah, I definitely think the writing is on the wall. Uh, just to point out another interesting quote kind of from the other side is Doug Williams. Um, he was asked about game planning. Either it was during the combine or say sometimes during the season, he flat out said, "Yeah, I have nothing to do with the game plan side of things." So, not necessarily the same weight attributed to it, but you see how this is like a division. It's not uh, cohesion in the front office and through the coaches stuff like that. But it's just a tidbit. Uh, going back to Jay Gruden, I definitely think that the writing is on the wall. Like I said before, the alienation thing is a definitely sign for a coach if you don't know what's, <laughs> if you don't know what's going on in the team you're supposed to leave you're tired yeah you're probably done i'll give him one more season i think the you know respectable franchise kind of thing let us see what he can do maybe build up his repertoire enough uh maybe a nice little offensive coordinator job see what's up with gruden see if he needs a coach a quarterbacks coach something but i don't see him as the rest of his head coach going after this year yeah uh i i think I think it takes literally the Redskins making the playoffs for Jay Gruden. Yeah, yeah to, to, for Jay Gruden to be back at this head coach. Um, I heard – I was listening to other, like, podcasts that said that it's not unusual for coaches and GMs not to know, like, what exactly is going on. But I think this is a different situation. Jay Gruden at the end of his season press conference said that, look, I would love for communication to be better with front office and uh, the coaches. He didn't know about Alex Smith last year. He thought he was going in with Colt McCoy. Um, we could see the writing on the wall with also position coaches leaving for other jobs, the same exact job at other teams, knowing that, look, it's probably not going to probably not going to last too long here. We saw it with defensive coordinators not wanting to sign here, even when we were trying to shop uh, Greg, uh, trying to cut Greg Manuski as our coach. And now he's back again because we weren't able to get anyone. So I think it's going to be real tough and real difficult, difficult for <laughs> the Redskins, for Jay Gruden to survive another year. Um, another year with the Redskins. But before we end this podcast, there's not really too many big names out there, but there are a lot of like cool little, cool little um, free agents that are still available. Like a Shane Ray that um, from Denver, who is an edge rusher. I think that's probably the most important thing that we need right now. So 
Michael, would you say that you would want the Redskins to look more free agency to fill out the rest of their roster there? Or do you, would you want them to keep that young core and get like another young DN to place with De'Aaron, uh, De'Aaron Payne and um, Jonathan Allen there? What would you like to see more at the DN position? Um, I definitely do think that the way for maybe the most immediate success would be going through free agency. Um, now, I don't know necessarily about the, the viability of the viability of them being – I don't know how to say this, but them being the guy that necessarily fits right into the system. When you draft a rookie a lot of times and you're playing with younger players, they buy in a lot more in that younger environment, um, especially – if these guys have some of the common interests, uh, if you draft a guy from the SEC and there's a bunch of Alabama players playing next to him, I bet he's probably going to pick, like, you know, adopt the same kind of thing. You might see younger success early. Um, I do like the idea of Shane Ray. Um, and just um, just thinking, we do need uh, a filling at the end. Um, you know, a true, <clears throat> excuse me, a true 3-4 uh, DN. Uh, we still have our edge rusher. We do need a right linebacker to go opposite of Kerrigan, but they land their DN or even a late DN. Um, I've been big on Byron Coward. I've been talking about him a couple times. Yeah, late round DN. He could step up and really be uh, just a good foundational piece while we have two guys wrecking havoc next to him. I think that would be a fine fit too if they're one of the draft route. Yeah, and with the cap space situation, I think free agency is. Uh, I mean, not free agency. Drafting would be the best way. You, I think, really for Redskins, if they want to be competitive, you have to build your team through the draft this year. It's we have Ryan Anderson, who is a true pass rusher, but he can't really cover. And if that's the same defense that they want to go ahead and run as last year, where Preston Smith also had to drop and covered sometimes, then they need to go ahead and find that DN that will be able to be a true pass rusher, but also be able to check a running back here and there. The, the last topic I want to talk about is a tweet that we saw from John Kime earlier uh, today saying that former Bengals offensive tackle Jake Fisher will work out for the Redskins uh, on Thursday. As a tight end per, per source, his second-round pick in 2015, he played some blocking tight end roles down to 285. He's working on both routes and hands, and that's from Pro Football Talk. So we had a discussion about this a little bit earlier, Micah, in our group chat. How are you feeling about us getting another tight end here that's not a true tight end, that's more of a blocking tight end, that's a glorified – like it's skinny offensive tackle, basically. Yeah. Um, well, initially – the first thing that comes to mind when I think tight end, I think, well, either we're not keeping – well, you mentioned it. We did not keep in Vernon Davis or there's no faith in Jordan Reed going forward. We already have Sprinkle. He's a, basically our second, third tight end well, – our third tight end. But, you know, he's a guy that could possibly step up. I definitely think that the signing is something of a, a scheme kind of thing. Uh, Jay Gruden has shown the run some three tight end sets with one of them being a uh, blocking tight end. But, you know, can be eligible to go out, run some routes, maybe a flat here and there. In the goal line situations, there's been times where Vernon Davis, Jeremy Sprinkle, and Jeremy Reed have all been on the field early in the season. Yep. I can see it in a situation just like that. It's a guy, a very specialty kind of need guy. Uh, he might end up being a long snapper if Nick Sumberg ever decides to quit. Who knows? But I definitely see that being the situation. I don't see him answering our questions at tight end. He's definitely not going to answer questions at tackle because he's losing weight and doesn't play the position. So I definitely think it's a scheme kind of thing. I'm not mad at it. He's probably got didn't get signed. Nothing. Excuse me. Anything that broke the bank and probably just be a a piece to fill out the roster. Yeah, that's. I think that's where I'm coming from with this. But I I also don't understand the move. I would rather keep Vernon Davis. I know he hasn't been that good at blocking 
or draft a tight end to get somebody that is not originally a tight end to not go to the league as a tight end. I don't see how that helps because in that three tight end set, what makes it work is that they can dominate on the run. But also if you get three tight ends there, you could also worry about the pass. If you have this guy on the field, you know that most likely that this is going to be a run and not a pass. He's not really catching pass. I want you, unless you want to do something like super something that's like a trick play or something like that. But that's one less player that <laughs> the defense yeah, really has to worry about, especially when you don't have playmakers on your team. I think that every tight end needs to have the ability to both block and both catch the ball. And with him, I think it's more of a blocking move. And if it's a nice goal line situation, I don't know if you're bringing somebody on your fifth or three man roster just to be on the goal line. But if that's the case, then I don't know. I don't really understand the move. Yeah, it's interesting that in the story itself, it said they're trying to get his weight down and they're trying to really just reteach him routes and working his hands and stuff like that. It's kind of more or less if you want to take it the route I see it, it's kind of more or less just riding on the wall. And like you said, it is kind of predictable if you want to take it, you know, all the way into the season, which teams will pay attention to stuff like that. That's how great teams like the Patriots win championships. So maybe it's a little obvious. Maybe it's a little one of Gruden's many signings is weird guys. He has affinities over. I think Ryan Grant comes to mind. I was like he, Ryan Grant was Jerry Rice to him. I think he even made it. <laughs> for some reason, I don't know. Ryan Grant should come back. Though. I think he's a free agent, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. I think so, too. I'll, yeah. take him, I'll take him back. Like, feel me. Like, we need all the receivers we can get. He's proven. You know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I, I, I just – you know, I, I just don't see it. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't really. I don't really understand it. I don't know. It's. It's fun being. It's fun being a Red Team fan. There's always. Um. There's always cool things going on, in. Uh. In Redskins Nation, but we'll be back again. We'll probably be back. Maybe do one more right before the. Uh, right before the NFL draft, if anything significant happens, we'll definitely do one after the draft, going round by round and grading what we think the Redskins did for, uh, the draft. But for Mike, for Micah, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great week. Peace. Peace.